Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Redestine tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. You just heard me talking with Lance Taylor at the Lance Taylor 94.5 jocks down in Birmingham. And one of the conversation points we just had was, is it crazy of me to argue that Hugh Freeze can be for college football what Bruce Pearl was for college basketball in the SEC? And let me kind of unpack and unspool that argument a little bit more. I believe, and believed this back in the day as well, that the moment Bruce Pearl got a new job, he was going to be wildly successful there because he is one of the best college basketball coaches I have ever seen. And I believe Lance Taylor's right. I've said this before on my shows. If Bruce Pearl doesn't lose his job over a freaking cookout barbecue in uh, at the University of Tennessee, which is one of the great all-time overreaches and punishment in the history of college athletics, if he doesn't lose his job there, He's got things rolling to such an extent at Tennessee that I really believe he would have been to the Final Four and he may well have won a national championship in basketball at Tennessee. And he almost did it at Auburn. So if you're wondering whether it's possible for Bruce Pearl to have won a national championship at Tennessee, he nearly did it at Auburn. So if he could do it at Auburn, he certainly could have done it at Tennessee. And I beat my hand uh, until it was almost raw on the desk saying, hire this guy, hire this guy, hire this guy. And Auburn, to their credit, went and did it. And they might be the 14th best at the time SEC basketball school. And he's won them already in SEC basketball championship. He has gotten them to the final four. He got got them to a hair's breadth of beating Virginia. 
probably they should have beaten Virginia based on the way that crazy, remember the foul in the corner, based on the crazy way that that game ended. Virginia went on and won the national championship, but Auburn was right there. They, I think Auburn would have beaten Texas Tech if they had gotten past Virginia in that, in that Final Four matchup, okay? So, I believe that Hugh Freeze is now poised, sitting at 8-1 and one at Liberty, to be the college football version of Bruce Pearl, a guy who got run out on his job, has had to come back and redeem himself, and I think whoever ends up hiring him, especially if it's a Southeastern Conference football school, will have a tremendous amount of success, and he will win an SEC championship if the job is good enough. What I mean by that is sometimes you have to make difficult decisions. If I were the athletic director at Tennessee and I was sitting around looking at the available coaching candidates right now and I am looking at potentially going 3-7 and seven in year 3 of Jeremy Pruitt, maybe 2-8, and eight, and this changes, by the way, if Tennessee were to pull off a huge upset of Florida or if Tennessee were to pull off a huge upset of Texas A&M, uh, maybe I would have a different opinion about where the trajectory of the Tennessee football program is going. But right now, Tennessee's not playing against Vanderbilt this weekend. They are going to finish their season with three games in December. And I think there's a very good chance that at best, Jeremy Pruitt's going to be 3-7, and seven, and the team is going to have lost either seven games in a row or if they lose to, to, to Vanderbilt and go to 2-8, and eight, eight games in a row. And I'm a believer that when you know it's the time to make the right decision, you can't sit around and say, well, maybe things will get better next year. Because most of the time, how often does it happen where a coach who is right on the verge of getting fired comes back the next year and makes you think, oh, you know what, we were completely wrong to think about firing him in the first place. By year three, you know. I just would submit to you that by year three, you know whether it's the right guy or the wrong guy to run your program. Tennessee lost to Kentucky 34 to 7 or 14 or whatever the heck it was. It was a beatdown. I think it was 34 to 7. Tennessee lost to Arkansas by double digits, gave up 24 points in the third quarter. Tennessee had no business losing either of those games. They have the more talented roster than both Arkansas and Kentucky. Tennessee choked away an opportunity to pull off an upset against Auburn. I don't see it very likely against Florida or against Texas A&M. And so, I think if you're trying to win championships, the championship move is to go get Hugh Freeze. I believe he is the Bruce Pearl of college football I think he would have the same level of success as Bruce Pearl has had. Do you buy into this dub? You're an Auburn guy. You've seen what Bruce Pearl has done for Auburn basketball. Do you buy my Hugh Freeze as Bruce Pearl analogy? I do, and I really think it's a a perfect analogy when you think about it because you look at some teams in the SEC right now that could be potential landing spots for Hugh Freeze. You mentioned your Tennessee Volunteers potentially. South Carolina is another school that has an opening. You look at Auburn, my alma mater. Yep. They are a possibility. And honestly, there's another school. I think LSU could be in the cards here because 
Ed Orgeron, I know they won the national title. Went not right and now. Though. Not right they're not going to fire him. But you're talking about a couple of years down the line. Yeah, maybe, maybe even next year. Because when you look at Orgeron's coaching record, I mean, there's one outlier, and it was last season going 15-0. Yep. Other than that, I mean, he's been a good, not great head coach. I, I think the analogy is there for Gene Chizik, right? That, that's another Auburn connection. That, that Coach O and uh, Joe Burrow was like – Gene Chizik and Cam Newton. You get the perfect quarterback at the perfect time, and he makes you a different coach than you otherwise have been for the rest of your career. Yeah, I think that's another great one. Uh, unfortunately, all these involve Auburn, so I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see what ends up happening, but you're buying into that idea. We'll see uh, what South Carolina ends up doing and how this Tennessee situation is going to shake out. But I just want those of you out there who are college sports fans to kind of put that in the back of your mind the analogy of Hugh Freeze as the Bruce Pearl of college football. Is there some truth to it? I think there likely very much is. Uh, When we come back, top of hour two, we're going to talk Thanksgiving games and the big weekend of college football and the NFL and break down everything there. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their trip of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their toyo test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be I hope all of you have a happy Thanksgiving out there. I know many of you probably listening on the podcast as you're driving around the country, uh, headed to your friends and family's houses. I know some of you are doing a non-traditional Thanksgiving. Maybe you're not traveling as much as you ordinarily would, but I want to make sure that I thank uh, you guys out there because I'll be out Thursday and Friday. Jason Martin and Jeff Schwartz will be in to guest host on Thursday and Friday. And uh, I just want all of you to know how incredibly thankful I am for uh, all the support that you have shown OutKick this year and what has been an incredibly wild year, both sports and otherwise, here in 2020. And the fact that you trust me with all of your time. Uh, I said this yesterday on the program, but I'm incredibly thankful. And I mean, you guys, the support that you have shown for this show is is through the roof in the last uh, October, right? Comparing October of 2020, which is the last completed month, with October of 2019, our podcast listenership was up 289%, nearly three to one, just in one year in terms of the audience of people out there that are listening Thank you for being such a supporter of this show and for telling your friends and family about this show. Uh, There's no sports radio show anywhere in the country that has anywhere near our audience that is up nearly 300% over last year. And I think that's because there's a desperate craving for factual honesty and truth. And even if you don't agree with me, you appreciate the fact that I'm telling you 100% what I believe every single day. And so uh, it's gratifying. And so I want to thank you on behalf of Danny G and Dub and Roberto and Eddie Garcia. 
thank you guys for being such uh, stalwart supporters of OutKick and for helping to spread our message all over the country. All right, so usually on Friday, we go into our viewership guide, the games that we absolutely positively want to make sure that we are watching Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to cornucopia of football excess. A little bit different, obviously, this year because games are getting canceled left and right. So you have to be careful about exactly which games are going to be on, which games you're gambling on, all those different things. But I wanted to bring in Dub and allow us to give you the best games coming forward in the NFL, I believe, week 12. I think we're week 12 in the NFL, if I'm not mistaken. And as we roll forward in college football with the final weekend of the year in November, which is usually a huge rivalry week, and then we're on into the uh, to the, the, the conference title games. Everything backed up quite a bit here. We still have potentially three more weeks of college football games for many different teams out there, even after this weekend. But let's go ahead and dive in. I will start, and I will tell you that we'll start in the NFL, and this is not going to shock a lot of people out there. I am most interested in watching the Titans-Colts game as it will probably decide who is going to win the AFC South. Uh, both teams right now, 7-3. and three. Two weeks ago, the Colts beat the Titans in Nashville. Titans bounce back, get a big win on the road against the Ravens. The Colts are rolling. They had a 14-point comeback against the Packers uh, in the second half to win that game. Whoever wins, who gets to 8-3, and three, the Colts or the Titans will be a substantial favorite to win the AFC South, and go ahead and punch their playoff ticket. I will actually be listening to this game on the radio uh, because I'm going to be down in Florida. I am flying down to Florida and spending uh, the holidays with my family down there on the beach. And so we are turning around and driving back from 30A, the Florida Gulf Coast, between Panama City and Destin, Florida. For those of you out there who are familiar uh, with, with that area, we, uh, we have a place down in Rosemary Beach. So I will be down in Rosemary Beach uh, with my family. Then I'll be in the car, driving back up, listening on the radio, satellite radio, to the Colts-Titans game. Uh, and probably if you see me on the interstate coming all the way from Florida back up to Nashville, I'll be you know either exulting or cursing there in my seat as I'm driving back for three-plus hours listening to that game on the radio it is my number one draft pick for the NFL. What about you, Dub? All right, I'm going to go down to Tampa Bay where the Chiefs are heading on the road to take on Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, before the season started, if you were looking at the regular season schedule, before any games have been played, this game might be the one you circled and said, this is my number one draft pick of the regular season. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs going on the road to take on Tom Brady and his new team in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, Tampa Bay, they're coming off a pretty ugly loss, as we saw on Monday night. But after a loss this year, they've bounced back. Three of their four biggest wins in terms of point margin have come after a loss. And the one that really sticks out is that game against the Green Bay Packers after they lost to the Chicago Bears. So I'm expecting a great performance out of the Buccaneers, even though we saw them absolutely stink it up on Monday night against the Rams. So I'm going to be looking to bet the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off an ugly loss, getting three and a half points at home versus Kansas City. Yeah, that's going to be a heck of a game. There's 0% chance with the way that Patrick Mahomes is playing and the way that Tom Brady is playing that I can in any way 
pick the Bucks. I think the Bucks are going to finish 11-5. and five. I think they'll win their final four because those games are not very difficult, but I think the Chiefs will beat them uh, this coming weekend. But it's must-see television. I mean, Patrick Mahomes against Tom Brady, how many times are you going to actually get to see those games in our lives uh, remaining, given the fact that Tom Brady is 43 years old? And so uh, I think that's a very, very solid pick. Uh, those are both good picks, I think, in the NFL. Certainly the Ravens and the Steelers going to uh, to be enticing for some people, but I think both the games we picked uh, better than the uh, Ravens-Steelers game uh, even on a Thursday. All right, so college football, I'll start it off. This game, I think, is under the radar. And I think a lot of people are not even going to realize it's kicked off. You're going to be sitting around with your tryptophan hangovers, unaware of exactly what's going on. And then, boom, you're going to be like, wait, Notre Dame and UNC are playing on a Friday. This game's kind of close. Yes, Notre Dame is on the road against Mac Brown and North Carolina on a Friday. And North Carolina's only around a four or a four and a half point favorite. This game, basically Vegas is is flashing bright red light, upset alert, upset alert, upset alert. And if it were to happen, then it would make, as we talked about to begin the show, the ACC championship game an elimination game for either Clemson or Notre Dame. Whoever won that game would go to the playoff. The loser would be left behind. I think it's going to be super enticing, super exciting. If you are a fan of Cincinnati, BYU, uh, USC, Oregon, Florida, Texas A&M, anybody out there that is hoping to make the college football playoff, your chances would be helped substantially by Notre Dame losing the entire college football universe. Uh, Probably to a large extent will be behind UNC. I'll give you my gambling picks for college football at the end of the second hour, but I got to tell you, that is, to me, the biggest and best and most important game of the college football weekend. I'm all in on the Fighting Irish going up against the Tar Heels. Yeah, that's going to be a great game. And just heads up, I will definitely be betting North Carolina with that line. It just stinks like bad fish. So that's what I'm going to do there. It's Thanksgiving week, though. So that means one thing in my mind, and that's the Iron Bowl. Yeah. This is the greatest rivalry guy. in college football. And last year, remember, Mac Jones came in relief for Tua Tagovailoa. He threw two key pick sixes. One of them yep. was a 100-yard return for a touchdown. Bama dominated the stat line. They outgained Auburn by well over 100 yards, more first downs all across the board. But Auburn won the game. Now, Gus Malzahn, this is the game that's basically saved his job for the last few years. He has a 3-4 and four record against Nick Saban in the Iron Bowl. He's going to need something special this week because Alabama, the way they're playing, they're about a 24-25 point uh, favorite this week. Look. The last 40 years, it's 20 wins for Bama, 20 wins for Auburn. This game's always close. I want to say throw out the record books, but God, I just don't see it this week. I'm hopeful, <laughs> but I just really don't see it I the way I think Alabama Auburn. is going to crush Auburn. Uh, but you just mentioned that game last year uh, and the way it went down. Mac Jones has got a lot to prove. Alabama's had an entire year to stew over it. I, the way that Tennessee ran the ball on Auburn, I don't think this defense is ready for Alabama. Not to say it couldn't be uh, close early, but I don't buy into Bo Nix. I just think this game is going to be a beatdown. I unfortunately agree. Yeah, even as an Auburn guy, you can't even make your case. I'll be watching, uh, though. Yeah, you'll be watching. Okay, there are the games that we'll all be checking out. NFL, college football, a little bit of viewer guide for you as you roll into the college football and NFL weekend. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 
joined now by John McClain. He's been at the Houston Chronicle for writing about the NFL for over 40 years, one of the most impressive uh, football writers in the country. John, uh, I appreciate you guys getting uh, up early with us uh, and hanging out, but how uh, different of a Thanksgiving are you going to be having with the Texans gearing up tomorrow to play in a Thanksgiving game, and how many Thanksgiving games have you covered now in your career? Clay, I have uh, the last time I went to Detroit was was in 2012. Texans won 34 to 31 in overtime, one of the best regular season games I've ever seen. They both had over a thousand yards. JJ Watt had three sacks. He had two pass deflections, five quarterback hits, three tackles for losses. Kind of his, kind of him, the JJ phenomenon going national, and uh, it was a it was a great game. Texans, that's a far cry from tomorrow because they right now they're three and seven. When they went to think that went to that last one, they were nine and one under Gary Kubiak. But you know, I've been the Oilers played up there on Thanksgiving. I've I've been watching the Thanksgiving game since I was a kid of eight years old in nineteen sixty. Clay, we used to watch the they played at Tiger Stadium. It was the Lions playing the Packers, the Bears, my dad used to say, Now those guys are getting down in the mud and the blood and the beard and after they play we'd go water down our backyard and slide around in it and act like we were the Lions playing the Bears or the Packers. <laughs> so even though it's a holiday, I love that day, the triple header. I won't get to watch all the games like ordinarily, but to me it's it doesn't matter what the Lions record is, that Thanksgiving Day game, first one, now I love the fact it's a triple header. But the first one that's been there for decades and decades is always special because it's a tradition. Does it blow your mind as somebody who's covered the NFL for as long as you have that the Lions are so bad consistently? I mean, it should be impossible to be as bad as the Lions have been for as long as they have. Well, I do remember when they made the playoffs a couple of times, but if you think about it, they, they were a powerhouse in the 50s. They had Hall of Famers on both sides of the ball, especially their defense. They had they had a good offense, and it's hard to think of now the Lions winning championships, but they did. You know, they perennially bad head coaches, general managers come and go. And I feel bad for Matthew Stafford. Since he was the number one overall pick in the draft, they've had a losing record. Feel bad when Barry Sanders retired before everybody wanted him to retire. But they just, they are parentally bad. That's like I'm glad the Browns are good this year. The NFL is more fun when the Browns are good. And I think uh, we've seen such such bad, bad playing and management with the Lions. I think someday if they do start to win again, like the Browns maybe this season, I think it'll be good for the NFL. Breaking down the larger picture of the NFL, we had a lot of incredible games that happened on Sunday before we turn our attention to what might be coming, and I'll get into the Texans with you as well. Double overtime games, and I want to start with the Titans game against the Ravens. What's going on there? What are you hearing and talking to people around the NFL? Have defenses caught up to Lamar Jackson? Is a lot of the problems that we're seeing self-inflicted how would you assess what's going on with the Ravens right now as they sit at 6-4? and four? One of the things that the Ravens did so well last year until they played the Titans in the playoffs, 
they got leads and they were able to run the ball and Lamar Jackson did not have to bring them from behind. This year, anytime you give defensive coordinators an offseason to prepare for somebody, they're going to play that player differently and he's got to be able to adjust. And he's not playing as well. Their running game has not been as good. They've lost their left tackle, Ronnie Stanley, uh, 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 not Ronnie Stanley, uh, my mind's gone blank. They lost their left tackle. They also had their great Hall of Fame guard, Marshall Yonder, retire. And, yes, Ronnie Stanley. And and they've lost two key members of the offensive line. The running game has just not been the same. Lamar Jackson is not running as much as he did in the past. I think it's because he's seeing defenses different. But you know what? If they'd won that game or if they'd won that previous game over New Orleans and the Titans had lost, we'd be talking about, well, what's wrong with the Titans? Because you know, Clay, you live right there. Oh, yeah. You know, they were struggling, especially on special teams. And and how many times do we see a running back have two walk-off home runs in one season in overtime? Yeah. (laughs) Derrick Henry did it against the Texans, and he did it against the Ravens. I've seen it once. I've never seen it twice, especially great runs. Yeah, no, uh, it, it's pretty incredible to think about. Who wins the AFC South within that in context? We've got a big game going on between the Titans and the Colts on Sunday, and it kind of feels like if the Colts win that they've got the division. There's still a lot of different moving parts. I know crazy things can happen in the final five and six weeks of the season, but how would you assess as a guy who's covered the AFC South for a long time, who would you be betting on right now? First of all, Clay, the the uh, in the last two games, the Lions have developed. I'm the Lions, excuse me. In the last two games, the Colts have developed a running game. Before that, they they would rise and fall based on Philip Rivers. Now they've got a running game, and it's kind of running back by committee. Multiple backs are carrying the ball. Rivers, of course, never a threat to run. He's playing better. So he doesn't have to be perfect for them to win and move the ball because the defense is great. Matt Eberflus, a great defensive coordinator. I think he'll be a head coach next year. I'm hoping he's one of the candidates at Texans interview. He's done a tremendous job. The way they have owned the Titans in Nashville is beyond me. I just don't understand it. I think you and me eight, both. Eight of the last nine. So it won't surprise me at all if the Titans don't win this game at Lucas Oil Stadium. I'm going to pick the Colts. That would give them a two-game lead counting the sweep. But it's big for the Titans. They need to win it. And there's a good chance, Clay, we'll see these two teams playing a third time. It's a, By the way, the Colts have not only owned the Titans in, uh, in Nissan Stadium in Nashville – they're 19 and 4, John, in the last 23 in that series. I mean, that's pretty hard to do in the NFL to beat somebody 19 out of 23 times. Especially, it's one thing to do it with Andrew Luck when he's hot, but to do that's it right. with other quarterbacks, that's something totally different, especially. Especially now that Ryan Tannehill has become a a big time quarterback, and of course Derrick Henry, best power back in the NFL, and I think it's going to be a great game. It's going to be really hard for games this weekend, beginning tomorrow, to be able to surpass what we just saw. That was maybe the greatest week weekend of games I can remember. So many close ones. So many exciting games that went down to the end. And I think that's what's going to happen with the Titans and the Colts. What about the uh what about the ending? We were just talking about how many good games there were. Were you surprised that the Packers gave up a fourteen point lead like they did? 
I was. I was writing in the press box after the Texans Patriots game, and I had several TVs on. And I looked up, Packers were up 28 14. I thought, well, that's going to be good for the Titans. Next thing I know, you know, Indy forced four turnovers in that game, including one that set up the winning field goal in overtime. So, yes, I was very surprised, also surprised that. Aaron Rodgers has a bad, such a bad record in overtime. But yep. tell you what, the Colts that op, that defense is great. Their offensive line finally is starting to play the way it did last year. They're going to be hard to beat. But on the other hand, you know Rivers has a hard time being really consistent week after week. He's prone to an interception game where he has multiples. He can't sack him. He gets rid of the ball too quick. But when he has a bad game, you better hope it's not in the playoffs. We're talking to John McClain. You just mentioned that you were watching the Texans game against the Patriots and you were there in person. What do you think Bill Belichick's master plan is now? It seems pretty clear that Cam Newton is not the long-range future, I think, of the New England Patriots, that they're going to have uh, you know, a draft pick in a first round where there's maybe five or six quarterbacks that could go in the first round. What do you think Belichick's plan is going forward? Well, first of all, one thing I looked up last year when the Patriots came to Houston, they were 10 and one, had the number one defense in the NFL. Texans were seven and four. Sean Watson had three touchdown passes and one touchdown catch. And they beat the Patriots and Tom Brady 28-22. Texans have eight, have, I'm sorry, 10 players that started in that game who are not with this team. And the Patriots have 15. So that is an incredible turnover in one season. Now, some of those were COVID-19 opt-outs. Some were pre-agents. Some were injuries. But it stands to reason they have got to get another quarterback. And if you're not going to make the playoffs and they're not, they might as well go ahead and keep losing to get a higher pick because you just mentioned about it's going to be a rich quarterback draft. Harder to evaluate than any because they're not playing a full slate of games, may not be a combine, may just be interviews, may not be any any uh, pro days, may not be personal workouts. We just don't know. But you're really going to have to evaluate college film, which is the way it was in the old days. But I'm guessing the Patriots' top pick has got to be a quarterback. And, you know, they're not going to get a Tom Brady again in the sixth round. They're not going to get a Garoppolo in the second round. But I think they have got to emphasize that position more than any. We're talking to John McClain. He's been covering the NFL for over 40 years. You can read him at the Houston Chronicle. Uh, you can find him on Twitter. I'll obviously be tweeting out the link to this show uh, on Wednesday when this goes up uh, later in the morning. So, John, uh, I, I'm kind of curious as you look at uh, look at what's going on. You just talked about what was going on with the Patriots. But as you look at what – I know you've been covering the league for a long time, and a guy who's been playing in the league for a long time is, uh, is Drew Brees. What's the future there with the Saints? What do you think they do about Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, and do you think this is the final year that Drew Brees will play as news has come out about his 11 different potential broken ribs? Well, I saw Deshaun Watson play with a collapsed lung and two broken ribs, and he didn't miss a play, but he didn't have 11. Yeah. And they're hoping to get Breeze back. And those are things that heal on their own. Plus, they can bandage him up, wear a flag jacket. They can do all kind of things. They're not going to rush him back. I think Sean Payton was proud to show off Taysom Hill to prove to everybody, I know what I'm doing when we signed him to this new contract. 
we weren't stupid like a lot of people thought. Yeah. I think Jameis Winston, they said everything we need to know about what they thought about him by not starting him in this game. So Breeze will miss at least three games, maybe four, but he will come back. A lot of people thought last year when Teddy Bridgewater went 5-0, and well, why don't you just stick with Bridgewater? And they didn't, and they came back and made the playoffs and then lost to the Vikings. But if Breeze is healthy, he's coming back. A lot of people expect him to go straight to TV. I think he's going to go to NBC. He has not said. I'm sure the way this season plays out will have something to do with it. The key is, does Sean Payton think Taysom Hill can be the long-term quarterback for, say, the next five years? He's a he's a yeah, he's a Swiss Army knife. He can run. He's a pretty good passer. But is that the guy you want to hang your helmet on? I don't know. I know for the current role, he's done a tremendous job. Saints have won seven in a row. And now in the last two years, they're 6-0 and without Breeze. And that shows you what a great coaching job they do. We're talking to John McClain. Uh, John McClain writes the Houston Chronicle, has been there for a very long time, breaking down everything in the world of the NFL. How would you assess what the – Super Bowl is going to feel like this year compared to most other years. I know it's a little bit difficult to project, but it's in Tampa, right? Uh, There's a lot of people there who would be excited to see Tom Brady. There's a lot of people there who wouldn't want to see Tom Brady. Uh, But usually it's a huge festival. It's a huge party. Have you thought about what the Super Bowl will feel like this year compared to other years? I believe there'll be a lot fewer people. There'll be fewer in attendance. There'll be fewer media. Are you going to go? Uh, no, I'm not going. How I many Super Bowls going. have you been to in a row prior to this uh, one? Because it's a lot, well, I, I bet. I, I only went last year for the Hall of Fame voting, and yeah. I'll go for the Hall of Fame voting this year because we're going to be in a gigantic ballroom with partitions and way apart from each other. So I don't have a problem with that, but I'm not. I'm I'm leery. Of, I've been in a lot of press boxes this year, and a lot yeah. of men. What has that felt like? But, but it's weird. It's weird to see so few people in a press box. And uh, it, it's really a waste of time to travel, Clay, because you do Zoom interviews just like you do at home. You can't talk yeah. to anybody in person. But uh, as far as the Super Bowl, I don't think there will be a media day. Uh, one of those Super Bowl Monday no, no way they're putting the players in front of anybody yeah. in public, right? So, I, like, I usually bet, those big right. festivities, that's not happening. Yeah, the teams will go in at the last minute. They'll keep them as isolated as possible. The game will go on. You know, they could move it back. Every Sunday in February has to be set aside by the host committee in case there's an act of God. And they if they need to push back the regular season, they can do it. And uh, But uh, they're going to play these games, and they're going to play the Super Bowl. It would be too bad if Tom Brady is in it. In his home stadium, the first that would happen in all those all those loyal Buccaneers fans wouldn't be able to go, and all those Patriot fans couldn't come down from New England to watch him uh, try to win another one. Do you buy into the idea that the Steelers and the Chiefs are the two best teams in the AFC? And if you do buy into that, who do you like potentially to be the best? I think Kansas City, after we watched on Sunday night, yes. uh, Patrick Mahomes in Vegas, have that great come-from-behind victory. I think they're the best. Steelers have been capitalizing on a, a bad schedule, an easy schedule lately. 
You know, they don't run the ball like they used to. If those teams play, I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm really disappointed in what's happened with the Ravens. The, the Las Vegas has come on clay, but I don't see them as a Super Bowl contender. Don't see Buffalo, Miami, Indy, maybe with the defense. But I think it's going to come down to Kansas City and Pittsburgh, and it's going to be the Chiefs. Talking to John McClain, Houston Chronicle, uh, I know it's hard to win one Super Bowl. We've already got it done by Patrick Mahomes. You were just talking about how good he was in that game against the Raiders coming back like he did. What would you set the over-under at for number of Super Bowls that Patrick Mahomes will win in his career if you had to project right now? Now, first of all, Clay, there's not been back-to-back winners at the Patriots in 01 and 02, so that shows yeah, you it's hard to how, do. Diff- how difficult it is. But uh, Mahomes, if he stays healthy, I'm not going to say he's going to win four or five or six, but I could see him winning, you know, three Super Bowls. The key is how long does Andy Reid coach? Andy wants to keep coaching. He has no interest in in stepping aside. He's having more fun now than he's ever had. They made a great move to get a legitimate running back, Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think they may be better this year than they were last year. I agree with you. I I think they're better this year than they were last year. And Edwards Hilaire has been an incredible fit to their offense already. And everybody already knew how difficult it was. They feel a little bit to me, John, like the Patriots did when they were really rolling, which is sometimes you just don't get their best effort because they're not as geeked up to play the game as the person is to play against them. But over time, their own excellence makes it hard for them to lose a lot of games. And I think once they get into the postseason, they know what it takes to be able to win a championship. And that's why I think it's going to be almost impossible to beat them. And a weather weather is not going to affect them since they play in the winter in some terrible weather, like it might affect a team from the south or a team from the dome. So if they lose in the playoffs and the weather's bad, that's not going to be the reason because Patrick Mahomes has showed us he can play in bad weather. Right now, he's the best quarterback in the league at times. We have a lot of great quarterbacks playing. It's a privilege to watch these guys and cover these guys, and we should enjoy it while we can. And there's none playing well the way Patrick Mahomes is playing right now. John, last question for you. You are a savant when it comes to watching movies and uh, being able to stay on top of the latest uh, that's out there streaming and otherwise. For people out there who may find themselves a little bit of time, right? You can watch football on Thanksgiving, but it's a four-day weekend. A lot of people are going to be around family. Maybe you're sitting around looking for something good to watch. What what have you been watching lately? What do you think is good that you can give people out there a tip uh, outside of the world of sports? There's two things, and one, it's got to be your cup of tea. I like things about, like, the medieval period with knights. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a, it's just a lot of fighting, sword fights, yeah. a lot of deaths and things like that. On epics.com, and you can get it on any of your services, is the second year of a series called Britannia when the Romans came to England and tried to conquer England about uh, 60 years after uh the death of Jesus. And another one, it's called Luther. It's on ovation. It's multiple years with one of my favorite actors, Idris Elba. He's a detective in London who skirts the rules. And it I didn't know till I got into that. I watched a lot of British murder mysteries. They don't have fights. They don't have guns. In Luther, they got fights. They got guns. They got serial killers. If you like Idris Elba, then I would check it out. It comes on twice a week on the 
channel ovation and then Britannia's on epics.com I love those two shows so Luther what year is it said is it modern day or is it older times it's well it's modern day and the first season was 2010 I'm up through 2013 in England they don't run 20 episodes a year like we do yeah they're short and our series are shortened because of the virus over there they might run four to six for a season but I got into it about Three or four months ago, and I tape them, and I and I love watching them, especially if you like Elba, which I do because he's been in a lot of American movies through the years. No doubt, he's been fantastic. You miss movie theaters? I do. My wife and I are talking about uh, coming up. The Wonder Woman sequel comes out. Yeah. yeah, comes out, and at a theater close to us, they will let you rent it out for a hundred dollars a person. So we were thinking about getting some friends, renting it out and uh, going to see the new Wonder Woman, which I thought the first one was great, yep. and having it maybe to like 10 of us. And the theater, as a friend of mine, is a assistant GM there, so I know it'll be cleaned really well. So I can't <laughs> wait to get back into the theater because that, that, that was always on Saturday before a home game or tradition for my wife and I in all season. We sometimes would go see seven movies in a weekend, but I haven't been in the theater since March. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, uh, that is, uh, that's pretty cool that you could rent it out. And I am actually eager. That's also going to be streaming simultaneously, I think, on HBO Max. One of the first times ever they're releasing it on Christmas Day on HBO Max and in theaters. I think that's a great idea. It's going to be really hard to be as good as the original, but I can't wait. It's John McClain, Houston Chronicle. You can go read him there. Uh, follow him on Twitter as well. John, I appreciate it. You and your family have a good Thanksgiving. Thanks for getting up early with us on this Wednesday. McClain, it's my pleasure. You guys have a great Thanksgiving, too, and stay safe. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? 
Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of hand-cooked tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installation near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerack.com sports to see their hand cooked test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerack.com sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Joined now by Shannon Spake, who is uh, going to get spent Thanksgiving at home and then on the road, I believe you said, for uh, Minnesota again, right? That's right. Back in uh, Minneapolis. Thank goodness it's a dome. <laughs> no yes. fans in the dome, but I mean, at this time of the year, I'll take as many domes as I can get. I'm a Florida girl, and so give me 65 degrees and, and no weather, and I'm good. I'm headed down to Florida later today as soon as we finish this show. So uh, that is not going to uh, to stink whether it looks like it's going to be perfect down there. So, uh, by the way, Vikings looked like they were going to have a really interesting end of the season. They had won three in a row. Then they drop it against the Cowboys. Christian McCaffrey, all sorts of questions about his health. What do you anticipate uh, from that game up in Minneapolis? Well, if Dalvin Cook can run the ball, because they, the Cowboys did a really good job of, of, of stifling him, of not allowing him to kind of be as explosive as he can be, uh, you know, this past weekend. So if Dalvin Cook can run the ball, we don't know about Adam Thielen. Right now he's on 
the COVID reserve. Uh, so yeah. we don't know if, if he's going to play or not. And I mean, he is so stinking clutch, right? I mean, those one-handed catches that we're seeing him do seemingly every week now. Uh, Je- Justin Jefferson, listen, he is a great receiver, made a rookie mistake. He dropped the ball. He turned to run before he had it secure and, and just a rookie mistake. I bet you it will not happen again. We actually saw uh, another rookie do it one of like for week one or week two of the season and, and, and not do it again. So they get those corrected. Um, I, I would have to think that the defense, defense is going to be really uh, stinging uh, from this past weekend because they let the Dallas Cowboys put way too many points on the board and, and the Cowboys defense did a really good job, like I said, stopping the run. So it will be interesting. Again, we don't know if it's going to be PJ or if it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater under center. I, I think last weekend was a huge storyline uh, obviously, with, with with Teddy not playing, and then what they were able to do against the Lions. So, it, I, listen, I think it's pretty evenly matched. Just depends on which team shows up. We're talking to Shannon Spake. Uh, we were texting a little bit uh, after the Brady performance, and you mentioned you're a Florida girl, but I think you were a Dolphin fan back in the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, have not played well in two of their last three games. They actually came to Charlotte and played pretty well against your hometown uh, now, Panthers. But they played really poorly against the Saints, and uh, I didn't think the Rams played fantastically well. They actually let the Bucks hang around, but Brady was awful. Two interceptions, he looked out of sorts. Do you think that the best of Tom Brady is not attainable anymore, or do you believe the Bucks are still a legitimate Super Bowl contender? So I text you and I said that we saw a similar thing, you know, with Jimmy Johnson, who not Jimmy Johnson, the old coach, but Jimmy Johnson, the seventh NASCAR champion, who in recent years, you're like, what happened? You know, he, he couldn't even finish 15th, couldn't finish, you know, running 20th or something. You're like, he doesn't just forget how to race a car. He doesn't forget how to drive, right? What happened? And I've had older race car drivers around me say, sometimes you don't get to choose when father time decides it's your time. Now, I'm not saying that that's the issue with Tom Brady right now because we all know that, like, this time of the year, and I, I heard your show on, on uh, Tuesday talking about, like, people are like, oh, it's, it's November, it's Tom time, yeah. it's Tom time. And it very well could be, right? So I'm not saying. But we saw a similar thing with Jimmy. And the thing about when, when, when Jimmy and that 48 team and Chad Canals, when they – started running poorly they didn't know how to run poorly they didn't know how to take a wave around they didn't know how to do this there were things that they had never been exposed to because they were always running top two top three winning races now they're back in the 20th and they're adjusting the things that they've never had to adjust to before and didn't know what they were doing at times and so maybe This is something similar that we're seeing with Tom Brady, right? It's a new system. He is not used to some of the things that are going on right now. He's not used to to losing. He's not used to playing the way that he's playing. And sometimes mistakes are made that way. Only because I saw it with Jimmy Johnson, and I did mention this to you when I text you, it just seems very similar. Because, listen, seven rings. Jimmy has seven trophies. So he does not forget how to race a car. So what happened? I mean, you, you, you point to all of the intangibles around him. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, you, you may know this guy, by the way. We talked a little bit about this earlier in the show, and, uh, and I'm curious what you would think. Did you cover Hugh Freeze ever when you were uh, covering college sports? Yes, Coach Freeze, actually, I think I told you this once before. Yeah, he yeah, you did last time. He let room. you come into the locker room. Mm-hmm. and so, you, so Big fan. I, I know you know Bruce Pearl, right? Um, mm-hmm. yep. and, uh, and have covered Bruce Pearl a lot over the years. In the first hour of the show today, 
I made the analogy that I think that Hugh Freeze could be for college football what Bruce Pearl has been for college basketball. In other words, Pearl kind of leaves under Mm -hmm. that cloud at the University of Tennessee. A lot of people, I think, believe he was overpunished. Comes back at Auburn and has made Auburn look – I mean, he went to the Final Four with Auburn. He's won an SEC Mm -hmm. championship there. And we were talking with Lance Taylor uh, in the first hour of the program. He said, look, I mean, there are people who would have argued when Bruce Pearl took over Auburn that it was the worst job in the entirety of the SEC for basketball, right? Mm -hmm. Not a lot of success. I was covering it then. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. So you've you've covered a Mm -hmm. ton of SEC basketball over Mm -hmm. the years. Mm -hmm. Could Hugh Freeze come back into the SEC and be for football what Bruce Pearl was for basketball? Do you buy that analogy as someone who has covered both Pearl and Freeze? Well, I just think they're completely different personalities. Totally right? true. I mean, That's totally true. 100%. Yes. Right? I did a report. One of my favorite reports, and I remember like it was yesterday, it was at the SEC tournament, and I was like, Bruce Pearl is like a pot of water um, on the oven. You know, when the game starts, he's at a, a slow simmer, and by yep. the time like the fourth quarter comes, he is a full boil, right? Yes. I mean, he is red. His, his head looks like it's going to pop off. Like, he is out of control. Uh, so very different personalities. I've always been a huge fan of, of Coach Freeze. I think he's an incredible coach. I think he rallies his players. When I got to go into the locker room and hear his speech, he did a speech about um, uh, like like uh, uh, the Beverly Hillbillies, where they you know they found the oil, but they always had the oil there because they owned the land. So it wasn't yeah. actually the oil; it was the land, and the, the players already have the land. So let's go take you know. And it was just this inspiring thing, and um, so I think that he's an incredible coach. I think he could definitely, and, and probably, I, I know you talked to him a couple of weeks ago, and I can't remember what his answer was when you asked him about coming back to the SEC. He's doing incredible things right now at Liberty, and, and he's putting his name back on the map, uh, but he's always been a guy that I have really enjoyed covering. I, I still text with him and, and catch up with him, and, um, and so yes, I'd love to see him back um, at a Power Five, and, and certainly the SEC. We're talking to Shannon Spake. All right, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. You are going to be home for Thanksgiving. Do you have any Thanksgiving family rituals uh, yourself out there? Anything unique that you guys do? Um, drink and eat a lot. <laughs> yeah. Not a ritual. Uh, no, I mean, I think we go around the table and say what we're thankful for. My kids say prayers for the table. We, we have family. Uh, I'm going to be wearing a mask with my family. but I. I, I how, many, I how, big, how big of a group are you guys going to have? Am I going to get arrested? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not going to turn you into the governor of North Carolina. Yeah, uh, I think there's probably going to be 10 or 12. So, yeah. um, But I, I would feel comfortable wearing a mask. That's, that's kind of my choice that I'm going to do just because um, my uncles and aunts. But they are making this decision that they want to come, right? I mean, that's the thing. I think people should be able to make the decision if they want to be with their family on Thanksgiving. Yep. So uh, we And we by the way, I think it's particularly tough, not to cut you off too much, but for people out there who are elderly – you know, we're fortunate when you're young, you don't really think, even though you maybe you should, because bad things can happen, like, I don't think this will be my last holiday, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at yeah. some point, you do get old enough where you can sit around and say, hey, I don't know if I'm going to have another Thanksgiving or another Christmas to spend with my family. And I do think a lot of elderly people out there are making sometimes choices based on that, right? Like, you just don't know how many more you've got. 
Clay, I get on an airplane every single week and I go to a stadium every single week where there's thousands of people. If I can't be around 10 members of my family on Thanksgiving, right. then I'm, I'm, there's something wrong. And that's kind of the way that I looked at it for this Thanksgiving. Uh, they're going to do it somewhere else if they don't do it at my house. We just moved into a house. We have a little more room. We'll be able to, I feel like we'll be able to be safe, like in terms of eating and, and separating people. It's going to be 70 degrees. We'll have the windows and doors open. So I feel like it'll be safer here than it would be other places. Yeah, no, I mean, that's uh, that's really, I think, well said. So we've talked a lot on this show over the years about first-round draft picks of a variety of different sports, but first-round draft picked up for Thanksgiving. You're walking through. You can only pick one food. What do you go with? Pumpkin pie. Really? <laughs> is that it? Is that, is that the know? only time you ever eat pumpkin pie is Thanksgiving? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. But, but you I'm love not, it that much. Yeah, I'm not a big turkey person. I, I do like stuffing and mashed potatoes. But if I had to just if I if they would say you can only eat one thing, it would probably be pumpkin pie. I love pumpkin pie. <laughs> Do you go with whipped cream on top of the pumpkin pie, or some sort of or, marshmallows, or anything like that? Or vanilla ice cream, yeah. Oh yeah, like yeah, Ooh, yes, it's so good. So <laughs> I'll do the, the turkey trot Thursday morning with my kids, so we'll 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 earn the the pumpkin pie. You know what? I think they canceled the turkey trot by uh, Nashville. Usually they have like the, the, the run, but I think they have one down. My wife's always on top of that. I don't get out of bed early because yeah. if I get to sleep in, I'm in favor of sleeping in. So, uh, But she that. gets up early and uh, is going to do the turkey trot tomorrow. She's in a lot better shape than I am. Will you watch <laughs> football all day? Um, we'll have it on. I mean, I'm not – it's so funny you said that. So I was talking to someone this weekend – uh, about like, you know, I, I don't even know what it's like to kind of sit around and watch football all day, you know, because yeah. I've been working in sports so long and, and I'm not that type of person that would sit around and watch football. They will definitely have it on. There's no question. We'll have it on. And uh, my family, they're, they're big golfers. Um, and, and so whenever we go to their house, like we always have one TV on golf and one TV on football. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's how it'll go down here, but definitely we'll have, but we're still moving into this house. So we have to actually install a couple of our televisions because we still haven't put up televisions. So we're scrambling right now. How is the uh, move into the new house going? It's okay. You know, listen, so here's a question for you. Yep. Uh, what do you do with old, like pictures of old boyfriends and like for you, it would be girlfriends, right? Like, I found like four photo albums of like just of like people from my past, and, and they include a lot of ex boyfriends. And I'm like, what do I do with them? Do I throw them out? So it's a, it's a fascinating question. So this is from when you're basically in your 20s, like when you're young. Yeah. Like this, I mean, obviously, when it's it's when people still took real photos and had real photos printed out. Yeah. Right? Yes, and so this like is nobody has out. albums yeah. now. We actually talked about that the yeah. other day. I was talking to my wife, and I was like, you know, I'd like to. I don't know if this is a crazy idea, but I said I'd like to print off all of our digital photos mm-hmm. of the kids and actually put them in albums so that we have yeah. legitimate copies of those. Because what happens if you know you forget your passwords or something yeah. like I don't even know how to track down all the photos that we have. So we had that conversation Plus, recently. Yeah. Plus, remember, like, you'd get doubles of everything, right? Back oh, day, yeah. Like, whenever That's you right. Sent in, so you'd, you'd get doubles. So I have literally, like, four plastic bins of pictures. I do have to go through them. But what do you do with pictures of exes? Do you keep them or do you throw them out? I, I think you probably throw – I mean, I think that keeping, like, a handful that, that you know, like, our group photos and stuff like that is probably fine. Yeah. I think that the, yeah. the, the big challenge that you and I's generation does not have is – Everybody now has nude photos of exes, right? Not like this is a this is a new this is a new wrinkle in the overall there situation. Are no nude 
I know, but I'm saying, I'm saying, well, that was a lot less common when you had to go down to Walgreens or CVS and like actually get your film developed. Yeah. But I'm saying like for everybody out there who, you know, has got a college girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever it is, like there, there's so much more access to the phones. These kids get in so much more trouble now. Like, yeah. what do they do with those? Like, I mean, that's, yeah. I, I think, I think you get rid of them. Um, and, uh, and, and just keep a handful. I mean, I, I've got stacks of, of old pictures and stuff too. And every now and then I don't, I'm not very active on Facebook, but every now and then somebody will tag me and be like, Hey, did you see so-and-so just put up a bunch of like digital cool. photos of You're like you, nervous, from high school right? or something? I'm like, Oh, I, I would actually like to check those out. Um, because, uh, because I do kind of like to see those, but there's so much out there now on Facebook and Instagram and everything else. I kind of wonder how the youngest kids Right. Like uh, so your kids and my kids, like their entire lives have been chronicled on social media long before they even really had much of a thought. And how will those digital, you know, albums feel for them as they get older? Because I I think you probably remember going when you were a kid, like let's say you're 14 or 15. Your mom and dad might have an album of when you were a baby and you flip through and you look at those photos and it seems like so long ago. But now that's accessible for a lot of people all over the Internet. It's kind of fascinating to think about how that's going to go. Yeah, I still have those. I still have my baby albums. Like, I again, so my husband and I, we lived in a house. We put things in storage. For 15 years, we had stuff stored at his office. So we're literally, like, opening bins, and this is, like, time capsules, right? Like, I found, like, an ex-boyfriend's birth certificate, like, a guy that I lived with when I was in college. Like, I'm like, hey, do you need this back? Like, I'm finding all of these crazy things. Uh, As far as the pictures, this is going to sound really shallow. I'll just keep the hot ones. How about that? Like, keep the hot (laughs) ones. What is it? Has your... Uh, has your husband ever met any of your ex-boyfriends? Yeah, you know, I'm actually friends with a lot of my ex-boyfriends. Like, the way that I look at it is, you know, they were, like, a big part of my life, and I, I at time, liked them. Um, most of the time, it, they didn't end poorly, and if they did, I probably don't talk to them. But a lot of them I still talk to. I'm very happy for their success. A lot of them obviously have families, and and uh, and, and Facebook's make, Facebook makes it so much easier to kind of keep in touch with some of those guys. Have you taken your husband to high school reunions? Yes, I did. My 20th. I, I took him to my 20th. And he was so, he was really good. Like, there were a couple other husbands that were there that, you know, they sat and played poker or whatever and, and drank while us knucklehead girls, like, were on the dance floor dancing. I did yeah. not date really anyone that was okay. in my grade. The guys that I dated were either older or went to different schools, so I was safe. I went to my wife's 10-year anniversary. And that's a super weird thing to go to, right? We hadn't been married for that long. Too early, yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, 10-year, you're 28. So my wife and I Mm -hmm. had just been married for like six months uh, when when I went to the (laughs) 10-year. But also, it's not fun to be the spouse really going to one of those those reunions because you don't really know anybody, right? Like, especially Mm -hmm. if, I mean, you might have met a couple of people or whatever, but it's like so awkward because 28, 38, 40, whatever the number is, the younger you are, the more like, I mean, it, it doesn't seem that far. It seems like to you like a big deal when you're 28 and it's been, oh my God, it's been 10 years since we graduated from, from high school. But 10 years is literally the snap of a finger the older you get, right? And so yeah. it's, it's kind of, that's just like so incredibly recent uh, from that yeah. perspective. And I always think like, 18, I'm thinking about this now because my oldest is going to turn 13 in January, which is wild to me to think about Mm. having a teenage son. But, Mm. you know, when you are 18, you feel like you are so old and you know the world so well. You're 10 years older than you were when you were eight. 
right? Like 18 years old is halfway between 8 and 28. And so you feel, I understand that everybody out there who's ever been 18 feels like you know so much and you're a genius and like you've experienced so much of life. You're <laughs> 10 years older than you were when you were eight years old, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? You're just yeah. a baby. You're oh. an idiot. Oh, I knew everything at 18. Forget yeah. about it. Like no one could And tell even me like anything. 15 and 16, you thought you knew everything Forget too, it. which is even crazier. Forget it. <laughs> Forget it. Yeah, I think the 10-year reunion was a little too soon for me. Like the the, the wounds were still, um, they hadn't healed yet from from the, the torment that I got in, in uh, high school. So I did not go to my 10. I did go to my 20. I think 10 would be a little bit too soon for me. Will you but, go uh, to the 30? We didn't. So I, oh, so it should be soon. So I graduated in 94. So it should be in three years. If they have one, I'll definitely go. It, I had so much fun. We, we got to do like a tour of the high school. So yeah. we went to the tour of the high school and, and got to see, uh, which by the way, helped with like the, the nightmares that I still had um, about the, the halls of my high school. Like when I actually walked through them again, I stopped having these nightmares. Um, so you didn't have a fun school. high school experience? No, no. It wasn't. Well, like no, every was year different. was not good or what, what was, why would, why did you think you have a bad high school experience? My school was pretty rough. It was, uh, yeah, we, yeah, it just, yeah, you know, single mom, like, yeah, we just, no, school was not great. Yeah. <laughs> it was, so, I couldn't wait to get out of high school. Okay. I mean, I loved I wish, my high school. I, know, I wish that I did. My husband had a great high school experience as well. Like, no, I just, I did not have a good high school experience. Like, I, no, I could was not Was it a wait big school? It was, yeah. And, and there was just a lot, like, we had a lot of, going on in the South Florida area at that time. There was a yeah. lot of stuff going on. So so I always think, and I, I don't know if there's uh, data to support this as being uh, true, but I think going to a non-large high school is really healthy for kids. And what I mean by that is I graduated, so I went to a uh, public high school in Nashville, but our our high school was only, I think, like 135 people in my graduating oh, class. Oh, wow. Right? So, um, and it was the 7th through 12th grade right in downtown Nashville, uh, Martin Luther King uh, Magnet High School. And so uh, it was great, fantastic 7 through 12 in Nashville. But I feel like knowing everybody in your class well makes it a lot more uh, – so let me try to take a step back. I feel like very many people – so many people in high school define themselves as being a part of a clique, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're oh, yeah. a jock or you're a nerd or you're mm-hmm. a, a drama, you know, a drama person or you're, you know, and the larger the school is, the more you have to lean into that particular stereotype and it's harder to cross over and interact with a lot of other people. Does that make sense? And I feel yeah. like the smaller the school is, the less you have to work to like the more you end up interacting. Does that make sense? Cause you see each other yeah. as individuals as opposed to cliched representations in a larger sense. And so I feel like in general, it's healthier to go to a smaller high school over a big high school. Now I'm sure there's a fine line where there are probably people listening to me like, yeah, I grew up in Wyoming and there were 24 people in my class. Yeah. Well, that can be a little bit different, but I don't know what the sweet spot, but I feel like around 200, 150 to 200, you know, everybody, but you don't feel like that sense of overwhelming, uh, you know, ex- extensiveness, right? Does that make sense? Expansiveness? 100%. Yeah. And I agree with you 100% because, um, and, and, and I agree on the flip side with the small school because my kids 
we're going to a smaller school, and if you don't get along with the four boys or yeah, the five stinks. boys that are yeah. in your class, then there's nowhere else to go. And so that's one of the reasons we decided to go to a little bit bigger school. Uh, but again, my public school, I went to public school as well, and my, my experience was not great. So um, I, I, the public schools here in North Carolina are totally different, but it has taken me a little bit to kind of get past, get, get past the, the mental block from, from my experience in high school. Yeah, it's interesting. Maybe I'm just building this based on mine, but the two mm-hmm. best academic experiences I had, and I didn't dislike college. I went to George Washington, D.C., liked it. You're in a big city. It's <laughs> you know kind of like living in a big city. But there were around 135, I think, in my high school graduating class, and I know in my law school class there were around 185. And I felt like that number was absolutely perfect because you got to know everybody and you didn't graduate and feel like, hey, there might have been people I would have been great friends with that I never met. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, like I, I, yeah that's I just, very cool. Anyway, so I'm not sure if there's data that supports that idea, but it, it is interesting. It seems to me that a lot of times kids that go to those size schools have better experiences than maybe people who go to monster size uh, high schools or people who uh, who go to tiny ones. Uh, Shannon Spake, have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Uh, thank you Enjoy for getting up uh, and rolling with us here. I can't wait. I'm going to be on the beach. Uh, on Thursday morning, I'm Thanksgiving. I'm going to the beach. It's supposed to be 75 and sunny, so it shouldn't stink. All right. Enjoy Thanksgiving, Clay. Always love talking to you. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 